canyons are calling. Let's go. Hello there, and thank you for joining me for my very first episode of the Canyons Are Calling podcast. In this episode, I'd just like to tell you a little bit more about why I decided to do a podcast, what you as a listener will get out of the podcast, and then we'll have an interview with Dave and I um, answering some of the questions that we're going to ask some of our later guests in our shows. So first of all, why a canyoneering podcast? Some of you know that I work for Emily Canyon Gear and manage the Canyoneering USA website. And with that, I do a lot of tedious tasks like cutting ropes and cutting out rope bags and things like that. And so I have a lot of time that I spend listening to podcasts. And I've come across a lot of great outdoor podcasts, a lot of backpacking and climbing podcasts, but none that specifically talk about canyoneering. And that is my biggest passion and what I like to talk about the most. And having been in the canyoneering world for 10 years now and working for Tom at Emily Canyon Gear for over five years, I've seen a lot of accidents and I've heard a lot of cool stories and I just want to share those. And so um, me listening to a lot of podcasts, I just decided that why the hell not? I'm going to give it a go. So while computers and editing are not my strong point, canyoneering is. So maybe if any of you out there want to help me edit these podcasts, give me a holler. Um, (laughs) Anyway, these shows will mostly be interviews with people that have had some kind of impact in the canyoneering world. I plan to interview people that have had um, accidents and mishaps so that we can learn what not to do. I plan on telling stories about cool adventurous um, first ascents or just cool adventures that happen in, in canyons. Uh, Maybe they're weather-related, maybe they're just nature-related. Just share stories related to canyoneering. I plan on interviewing kids, I plan on interviewing veterans of the canyoneering world. Um, If any of you have cool stories that you want to share, let me know. The more stories that I have, the more episodes that I can um, put out there, (laughs) I suppose. I plan on doing one episode a month. And then, like I say, maybe as I get better at editing, um, or maybe if someone wants to help me, we can go to two episodes a month because I know there's a lot of stories out there to share. So, um, these will sometimes be recorded in natural environments. Like right now, I'm outside hiking with my husband and my dog, and so you might hear a plane fly by, you might hear birds, you might hear my dog come up and say hi every once in a while. Please, um ignore those. I'll try to edit them out when I can, but like I say, (laughs) not my strong point. Okay, so who will this podcast be for? I feel like it's for anybody who loves a great outdoor adventure story. Whether you're an avid canyoneer, somebody who's just beginning canyoneering, or somebody who doesn't even know what canyoneering is but likes to listen to outdoor stories, I think everyone will have something to learn from these stories. Okay, well, I guess that's enough of me rambling on. Let's get on to the interview with Dave and I. So I'm going to go ahead and get started. My name is Shrills Jocelyn. I was born in Manti, Utah, um, kind of central, middle Utah area. 
I grew up pretty much as one of those, what do they call them? Um, like free range kids. Sure. Right? Yeah. Where you get to just go and explore and play and kind of do your own thing. My parents worked, so as long as we were home by dinner, life was good. And then out of high school, I moved away from Manti and moved to the big city of Salt Lake. <laughs> Seattle for a little while, South Dakota. Spent eight cold, miserable years in South Dakota. Sorry, South Dakota friends. Nothing against your flat place, but it was not good for my bones. So when I moved back to Utah, I chose St. George because it doesn't snow there. And it's really close to Zion National Park. So, shortly after moving back to Utah in 2008, I got into canyoneering with a hiking friend of mine, and that opened a monster. I just wanted to explore so many more canyons. My first canyon was Spry, and I was really addicted. I would spend nights just researching what canyons we could go into and what, what crazy places these arteries in the earth had for us. So that's my canyoneering start. How about you, Dave? How did you get started? Well, I grew up in Hurricane, Utah. And uh, probably my first experience with ropes would be rappelling in Boy Scouts, I would say. I had some friends that had ropes and we'd go rappelling, not necessarily canyoneering, but... Definitely learned some skills with them on how to set up ropes and hook up, you know, devices, whatever. Also, Boy Scouts, small town in Utah, is free range kid also, so not really supervised well. Some of the stuff I did as a kid would make me as a parent feel failed or something. I don't know, but anyway, um. Boy Scouts, and then I got married right out of high school and raised three boys, and sometime about 10 years ago, I got divorced and spent a lot of time hiking. Hiked all over Zion, since how I grew up, right just outside of it. And uh, What's your favorite hike in Zion? Well, Observation Point from the canyon up, but that's... Not really an option anymore. It's kind of a sad subject. But anyway. If any so of our hiking, listeners want to huh? grab a shovel and help us dig out yeah, that I'll, landslide. I'll do it myself. <laughs> just let the park stay out of my way. Get that trail reopen. Yeah. This park's going too slow. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways. Started hiking a lot. One of my friends knew I was hiking. Invited me to go. I believe it was Keyhole. In Zion National Park. It's oh, a nice. short canyon. I did it with him, his wife, and some of their friends. And uh, it kind of sparked the interest of that kind of adventure again. So I bought rope and harness and a couple harnesses and took, started taking my youngest out and other people. And did a few canyons like Pine Creek and the subway. And not that that's real technical, but anyway. And then I uh, met my wife 
my future wife, three years before we got married. And she was the amazing adventurer she is. <laughs> Our first date was in a canyon just outside of Zion called Rock Canyon. If you can handle a canyon with me, you might be able to date. <laughs> anyway, the very first thing I got was criticism because I don't have helmets and never have. So I wasn't very safe before I met her, which is a blessing. I'm sure I have some stories about <laughs> near misses. Anyway, started doing a lot more canyons. If it's worth protecting, you better protect it. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, you think it's worth protecting. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> But Soft helmets don't work well. <laughs> no, I got a hard head, hard most, you know. I do. <laughs> anyway. But helmets are good. Kids. Since then, we've had epic adventures and canyoneering is hiking with no crowds and the most amazing, beautiful places you'll ever see. Mm -hmm. It really is just amazing. One of my favorite times is when we got to do both Angel's Landing Trail and the Narrows in Zion the same day, and we saw, what, five people? Mm hmm We did Imlay Canyon, so of course we started <laughs> up Angel's Landing Trail at 4 o'clock in the morning before the shuttles go, and we finished the last rappel in Imlay kind of as the sun was going down, but that was really cool. Mm. There are places in Zion you can go and not see a person all day. There are. Just saying. Especially when it gets hot. Yeah. Hopefully Canyoneering can be open in 2021. Yeah, that'd be in nice. In Zion. I missed it. So, would you say Yamalaya was one of the most adventure, adventurous canyons that had, you said Spry had a big impact on your life? Spry probably had a huge, I mean, that was a turning point in my life because I was learning how to rock climb when I did Spry, but for me, Spry, um, rock climbing is painful with my arthritis in my hands, and so I didn't love rock climbing, but it was kind of fun, and I was trying to get into it, and then my friend brought me through Spry Canyon that first time, and that just opened a whole new world because it just you could see so many cool things where like rock climbing you climb up and it's kind of the same view all day but with the canyon like you turn a corner and it was different mm -hmm. and every rappel you were into an amazing place and then you got into this dark slot where it was just like it's all red sandstone how is there this dark slot here and it was just really really um, opened my eyes to what geology and the world had to offer and sparked a passion and so with that, you know, Imlay is an amazing canyon. That was a really fun day. Um, I've had a lot of fun, fun canyons. I got stuck in shenanigans one time. That was probably, probably a day that I had to decide to learn more skills because um, my butt got stuck. The canyon was so skinny. We were walking sideways and... Um, my butt just got wedged into this certain area and I couldn't back up and I couldn't go forward. And I didn't really have the strength to wedge myself up once I was already in that position. And so it kind of taught me, luckily my friends were able to lift me up and then they carried me, um, one friend on one side and one friend on the other side. 
super awkwardly ballerina style um about 20 feet until the canyon got a little bit wider and my butt would fit through <laughs> so when you read the warning about shenanigans weight limits and size limits it's definitely um that's legit so you need to know how to stem and get yourself wedged in crazy positions if you want to try those skinny canyons so that would probably be my canyoneering adventure story that had a big impact on my life what would be an adventure story that's had an impact on you well obviously rock canyon had a big impact on me not just yeah. because uh after that i never done a canyon not wearing a helmet again so that was oh that was a good impact yeah it was a huge impact because now i'm a lot safer mm-hmm and I've learned a lot since then, but there's been so many amazing canyons. It's hard to say which one's the best, but definitely some of the ones we're not really talk about a lot, but yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I'm, I'm looking forward to having all sorts of impactful canyoning experiences. Sweet. How about Costa Rica? How did those canyons impact your life? Um, just seeing that there's variety in canyoneering that Zion doesn't offer, I guess. Yeah, that was a little bit of a new style of canyoneering oh, for yeah. you, right? Yeah. Because you're more used to the dry Yeah, I had only done a B-rated canyon up until that point. Yeah. So at that point, with all the water and the hydraulics and under toes and all this crazy stuff you have to worry about it's completely different than zion yeah which is all the experience i had so right hopefully we can get yeah. out to uray colorado this year or that'd be nice yeah. pacific northwest has some cool stuff too here that'd be really cool mm -hmm. yep so what would your favorite type of canyon be then well, the type I'm in, but uh, like I said, I have limited experience with canyoning. I started yeah. late, but B-rated. Obviously, there's not a lot of water and moving, flowing water in Zion, but... Yeah, I mean, luckily for us, we live in this playground of canyon areas, yeah. so we don't have to travel far. Yeah, the pools <laughs> my favorite and areas here. potholes and all the other stuff that makes it kind of a water park, amusement ride. Yeah. Amazing hike. I like Class C too. It does present a different type of challenge, but I don't have a lot of experience with them, so they're still a little scary to me. So I'd like to get a few more of those under my belt for sure. Cool. Mm -hmm. So uh, food is always on my mind when I'm in a canyon. What's your favorite snack to take into the canyons? Mm, I love my snack breaks. <laughs> Um, I'm going to say lately, probably the pickles, the O-snap pickles. I don't know why, but those, I always like a salty treat and those lately have been my favorite. How about you? I, I don't know, I got used to, accustomed to eating an apple with the granola bar. Yeah. Combo, it makes it kind of like an apple pie flavor type thing going on. I really like that when you bust that out. That is yeah, really, really good. It's probably good, but I think I like pickles and cheese sticks and nuts and raisins and fruit. Yeah. 
Yeah, right. coconut clusters. Yeah, those are pretty good. Those brown. Yeah. I like pumpkin seeds too. I always bring those up. So it's kind of a custom since I've met you that after Canyon we have a beer or beverage. What's your favorite? Oh yeah. Any after Canyon beverage. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm always looking forward to that after Canyon beer and my go-to is any IPA really. Ipa. Yeah, an Ipa. <laughs> any Ipa. <laughs> Not really into lagers or heavies, but yeah, give me an Ipa any day after a canyon. How about you? Just cold beer in general is pretty good after a canyon. Yeah. You can drink lagers or Pilsners or Ipas or whatever, really. Yeah. Mm hmm. Plus ice water. Ice water is kind of my thing, so. Yeah, drink a lot of water. Yeah, cold water. Do you ever drink any like electrolyte stuff? I don't see no, it with Gatorade I mean, or anything. I don't really drink Gatorade or I, I know a lot of people dump the emergency or whatever it is and the powdered stuff to put in water and it gives you electrolytes and whatever. Yeah. I like the noon or whatever, N-U-U-N. None, noon. I don't know how you say it, but some of those are pretty good. And it's more like no sugar added, like Gatorade and Powerade. I like that, but yeah. I, anyway, usually I try to just eat food that's high in electrolytes banana, and stuff. So I don't need it. Most time before yeah. hiking, which helps with connecting and stuff. I think, but yeah, Coconut I like to start water. early to avoid the heat, which probably helps a lot of not getting dehydrated and yeah. All right, well, so what safety tip or canyon advice would you give to our listeners today? Um, like I said, my experience is limited, but I would say one thing is just me personally, I try to watch the person in front of me and like pay attention to what they're doing to back them up. Yeah. And then obviously when you go on the rope yourself, you should be super focused on what you're doing. Right. And then if you're in a belay position where you're at the bottom, you should always, you know, keep your head up and watch what's going on. Stay focused, but just be careful. It's easy for old people like me to be careful. You brought up um, watching the person in front of you because I've actually been in canyon situations before where the person in front of me has not hooked up right. And so I'm like, hey, man, what are you doing? Like, that looks weird. Why do you hook up that way? And they'll look and they'll be like, oh, shit. Like, I'm not through my carabiner or, you know, it's twisted or whatever. And where, you know, like if had, they had just gone and I hadn't been watching them, it could have been detrimental. It could have, like, fallen or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then also, yeah, making sure that they're on the correct side of the rope and not the wrong side of the rope because that's led to some pretty fatal accidents. <laughs> I think one of the biggest ways to avoid that is I always try to hook up as close as you can to the anchor mm -hmm. and weight the rope, like put weight on it. Make sure that you're like, okay, I feel that it stopped me. It holds my weight. Right. Unless you have to do a soft start or something like that. And then yeah. at that thing, at point, I think you're probably hyper-focused anyway. I, mean, I always learn to never throw the pole side of the rope down until the last person goes because that helps mitigate idea. it too. Mm -hmm. Sometimes people would just get in a hurry and toss both sides or do yeah. um, 
you know, they just double rope it and then somebody forgets to clip into both sides or something. Yeah, I've seen that. Yeah. It's be nice if everybody like had the same practices. That's why it's That's, good to get in the same, go yeah. with the same people most of the time or whatever. Yeah. But don't be a beginner teaching a beginner because those people get into bad habits. I got taught by a 15 year old kid. Started right there <laughs> and yeah, you're kind of lucky you're still here, but <laughs> more that more. will be another podcast <laughs> on another day. <laughs> Talk about some of the crazy things that you do in Hurricane Utah for fun. Okay, well, I would say my safety tip or canyon advice that I would like to leave the listeners with would probably be wear helmets, kids. Yeah. Cause a lot of you know it's it's not necessary until it is necessary, and you never really know when it will be. And that could be something coming down from the canyon, kids throwing rocks above you, an animal jumping over, wind blowing something down. It could be a rock falling loose when you're on a pile. It could be you slamming into the side of it. Um, anything can happen. When the rope comes down, it pulls things. Um, I've seen a lot of near misses, and I started not wearing a helmet, and about a year into canyoneering, started wearing one, and I'm always pretty happy when I do. <laughs> I'm glad my dog's here trying to eat some food, so maybe next time we'll put her away before we start the podcast. <laughs> This is why it's the first episode, so it's kind of, um, you know, we're learning. <laughs> Bear with us, folks. We'll get better as we go. Okay, so if money and time were no issue, where would you go and why? I feel I've always kind of, since my adventure has been awoken or whatever, I've always been called to Peru, Machu Picchu, and the Amazon. Mm, nice. I'd like to go down there and explore South America, honestly. Yeah. Just a backpack and check out the ancient cities and gigantic mountains and huge jungles. And Do a soul journey? Yeah. Mm -hmm. That would be fun. I'd like to go there. Yeah. Are there canyons there or just big mountains? Most mountains have canyons, but I don't know for sure. But can do some first ascents. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That'd probably, I mean, we'll have to look into it. If any of our listeners know about canyons in Peru, maybe there's only mountains yeah. there you can climb. I mean, that'd be pretty fun yeah, too. South yeah, South America. There's got to be something. It's Costa Rica. It's got some amazing stuff. Mm -hmm. Got to be close. I've always wanted to go to Australia and um, New Zealand. I've seen some pictures of canyons in Australia, and it's drawn me to there ever since. I bet. Yeah. The list is so long, it's hard to pick one, I would say. Yeah. But go I down don't in. go anywhere, honestly. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I also like to go to Cambodia and Taos and Vietnam and some of those places. Yeah, I've seen some amazing photos from those places. Yeah. I don't know about Pakistan and stuff like that. I'm sure there's amazing canyons and stuff there, but after you hear, yeah. like, what's that climber's name? Oh, that was Kyrgyzstan? Yeah, I don't want to go yeah, to Kyrgyzstan. Yeah, hostage. <laughs> Stan's just yeah. bad, I've heard. No, Stan's, huh? Yeah, Stan's are out. Yeah. Maybe Anne's in general. I ran. And... <laughs> hmm. I hear Iran's really beautiful, though. Yeah. 
Yeah, they were. Like religious and historical and all kinds of crazy stuff. Yeah. It's important to the Egypt would be kind of cool. Egypt would be cool. <clears throat> I don't know, Alaska. There's so many places around here I haven't even explored, so dream big, I guess, or stay right. home. <laughs> See stuff yeah. like the Grand Canyon. And right. <laughs> those places. Yeah, I haven't done many canyons in the Grand Canyon. I've only done some I little either. ones, so I would like to do some. I mean, it's my backyard, pretty close. So. My favorite Grand Canyon is probably Havasu all the way to the confluence with the yeah. Colorado River. That was pretty awesome hike. Not really a canyon. Not technical at all. Not technical, but there's like, you know, Garden Creek and stuff that you could get to pretty easy. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's some that the Canam Crew's done just look epic. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Fishtail, Olo, I don't know. So many. So many. The names escape me right now, but I know Soap and Badger were really, really cool, so... The rest have got to be way better than that because they take way more days to get there. So <laughs> that's why I've only done the baby one. Mm -hmm. But working up to those big guys. Mm -hmm. Canyoneering goes well. 2021, we'll get down there. <laughs> October. All right, Dave. Well, thanks for agreeing to be my co-host on this crazy adventure podcast journey. Yeah. Yeah, I appreciate your input. Well, I don't know how much use it will be, but this is fun. I'm having a good time. Yeah? I think this will be a good, good thing. I'm excited to hear other people's stories. I think sure. they'll be they'll way more excited than ours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, in the works we have stories about um, a death in Ingolstead, which is going to be really sad, but it's something that we can all learn a lot from. Um, we're going to have stories from our Costa Rica friends talking about how they outran a volcano. That'll be pretty exciting. We're going to talk to some search and rescue people on what they've seen and how they've dealt with some search and rescue situations and scenarios and what maybe we can all do to be safer canyoneers. And also we're going to talk with Nick Smith, who had a fall in one of the canyons I just mentioned in the Grand Canyon, Soap Canyon. He fell about 70 feet and was actually able to climb back out of the canyon and drive himself to the emergency room to make sure he was okay, which is kind of miraculous. <laughs> So he'll tell us his story and got a lot of other interviews lined up. So hopefully you guys will be entertained enough to come back for more episodes. Yeah. Until then, have a great day. That concludes this episode of the Canyons Are Calling podcast. Thanks so much for joining us. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe, follow, rate, and review. And then share us with a friend. Remember, canyoneering is always more fun when done with friends. If you want to reach out to the Canyons Are Calling podcast, you can find us at Facebook group page, The Canyons Are Calling. We're also on Instagram, but there it's Canyons Are Calling on Instagram. Sarah had already taken The Canyons Are Calling, so I'm sorry, Sarah, you might get some people following you thinking you're the podcast. Maybe you want to come on the show and share some of your canyon stories with us. Who knows? You can also email me at thecanyonsarecalling at gmail.com. If you like this awesome music in the background, you can find more about Chris Zollinger at zthehandpanman.com. I'll have a link to his website on the show notes.
There's also a link for the Canyon Canyoneering USA. They're not really supporting the show, but I do work there. So maybe give me a shout out there, buy some cool gear, read some of Tom's latest raves. Anyway, the canyons are calling now. I gotta go. <laughs>